and sense and see joy around us. So God, we pray that you will continue to comfort all those who mourn, whether a recent loss or one from years past. And as we weep, we also offer thanks for the gift of eternal life in heaven with you forever and ever. We pray for those who are exhausted, parents and children, healthcare workers, leaders, all those compromised by age or health concerns who are deeply feeling alone or isolated, those who are struggling to pay bills, those who fight the daily battles with addiction or their own minds. This morning we ask that you fill their hearts with your divine strength that you pour out your spirit of peace and joy upon them. And may the music this morning provide both a time of solace, but also a time of delight. And as the days grow shorter and darker, those of us that follow your son Jesus will light more and more candles to remind us of the growing light that is in fact coming into the world, who is both for us and will truly be with us. Emmanuel, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to all. Amen. A few months ago, life was normal. People were going to work, children were in school, the stores had plenty of toilet paper. We now have drive-through and carry-out restaurants, hospitals are filling up and no one can go in but the patient, churches have closed their doors, indoor services. Everything seems so bleak. It feels like the magic of Christmas is slipping away too. No hustle and bustle of Christmas shopping, no sitting on Santa's lap, no Christmas carols playing nonstop, no angel tree, no Christmas baskets, no ugly sweater contest. Uh, but Amanda, I think you might have won this year. Ugly, ugly. <laughs> Though I think even the decorations going up before Thanksgiving, it's almost like we were hoping this would get over quicker. You know, get it done. This is a COVID-19 world. Where are you, Christmas? Uh, Sherry, <laughs> Sherry, I don't know if you remember, but this week's theme is like joy, you know, like, Rejoicing, feelings of great pleasure and happiness and delight. Bah humbug. Now come on, I know it's been hard on everyone. We're all anxious to get out of 2020, but the joy of Christmas is still coming this year, whether we're ready or not. It's like a warm thrumming of excitement at the beginning of every day, and we get to go to bed with like a deep sense of appreciation for the last feelings of the day. You know, joy, real joy. And real joy is found in the story of Christmas. Okay, Amanda, help me out here. How do I make room for joy in the Christmas of the bleak 2020? 
Where is the joy? I'm glad you asked. The joy starts where we started Advent, with the prophets, telling us what was to come. Look at Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall rest on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Micah says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you be little among thousands in Judah, yet out of you shall come forth unto me that who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Right there. Can't you just feel how excited they are? These guys were excited for Jesus' birth. Years and years before it even happened. They were joyful about the news. News that hadn't even happened yet. They were so excited they could not keep quiet about it. The joy of the coming Messiah has been with us a long, long time. This is the birth announcement. You know, just like any parents finding out they're about to have a baby, it's exciting and scary all at the same time. You just have to prepare the way. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the get it. Joy is exciting. But look how long it took Jesus to get here. Forever. Kind of like 2020. It seems like it's lasting forever. Well, I don't think you quite get it. Like when you tune into the feeling of joy, what happens is an awareness is that joy is always with us. Just like the excitement of Isaiah and Micah, joy feels somehow beyond space and time. It's not out there in their time only, or it's not just in here in 2020. It's simply everywhere we are. Joy doesn't come and go. What comes and goes is our awareness of joy. Joy is quietly, invisibly ever-present. Just like Jesus' birth, joy is constant. It's always with us. There was so much joy on that night long ago.
Okay, so let's look at what really happened that night long ago. Luke uh, 2, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So just to clarify, everyone was going to be taxed so they had to travel to their own town to be accounted for. So Joseph drags Mary from Nazareth to Galilee all the way to Judea to the little teeny tiny town of Bethlehem. While she's nine months pregnant. How is that joyous? Keep reading. <sighs> okay. Luke 2, 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Well, that certainly got better. Mary had a baby in a dirty barn with no one to help her but Joseph and a bunch of stinky animals standing around without either light or fire or preparation, alone giving birth to the Son of God in the cold of winter in a strange land in a poor and destitute manner. Where is the joy? In sacred texts, Indian texts, in literature it's written, from joy springs all creation. By joy it's sustained, by joy it proceeds, and by joy it returns. Joy inspires creativity. I mean, Jesus could have been born in a palace with royalty, but would that have been particularly inspiring? No, Jesus is born here in this unexpected, lowly place, quietly, unseen, and alone. That's exciting. That's inspiring joy. sky in the night to the earth below 
So are you feeling the joy now? Keep reading. <laughs> okay, Luke 2, 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Wait a minute. Angels appear to Mary. They tell her not to be afraid. They appear to Joseph, tell him not to be afraid. They appear to the shepherds, minding their own business, and tell him not to be afraid. Are you supposed to be scared out of your mind before joy happens? Keep reading. <laughs> Luke 2, 13. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared, and the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, 
and on earth peace and to those whom his favor rests. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. With the tears of a mother, babies cry as the sound of love come down, come down, Emmanuel. Oh, he is a song for the suffering. He is Messiah, the Prince of.
okay, I don't get it. The shepherds are afraid, yet they believe these angels and actually, like, go to Bethlehem and try to find out what's going on. That's because joy is often unreasonable. I mean, certainly good things and favorable circumstances and, like, a happy state of mind can make you more receptive to joy, but joy exists whether you're receptive to it or not. Joy doesn't need a reason. That's why we can be surprised by joy in the most ordinary moments, or in the case of the shepherds here, in the most extraordinary of moments. They were so excited, joy-filled, that they had to go see for themselves. Keep reading. You'll see. Okay, Luke 2, 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart.
Luke 2.20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Wow! They were just kind of like Isaiah and Micah. They were so excited they couldn't keep quiet about it. And people believed them? Amazing, isn't it? When people describe joy, real joy, they always mention love, even lawyers and politicians. You see, love or joy is fearless or untroubled by the world. Joy doesn't have an opposite. It doesn't swing up and down like our moods do. It's as if nothing in the world can tarnish or diminish the essence of joy. And the shepherds had joy, real joy, untroubled by the world. Let's go to Matthew now. Keep reading. Okay. Matthew 2, 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the sea, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where this, the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star was to appear. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me so that I may go too and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route.
So how is this joy? King Herod's the bad guy wanting to find and kill a newborn baby. The Magi are overjoyed and return a different way to keep the baby safe? How does that fit in with the excitement, wanting to tell everybody you need that fearless kind of joy you've been talking about? Seems like the Magi are keeping to themselves and are quietly sneaking away to avoid Herod. How could they possibly be overjoyed acting like this? Well, the Magi, they might have appeared to be sneaking away because they knew what Herod's real purpose was, but let's look at what really happened here. They were taking the long road home. That meant telling more people in more lands, spreading more joy, not just to Israel, but to the whole world. They were overjoyed. One of the most beautiful qualities of joy is that it's enough. Lots of people describe a sense of emptiness that follows an encounter with pleasure or satisfaction, but unlike pleasure and satisfaction, joy doesn't induce a craving for more because joy is enough. Whenever we feel joy is missing, it's because we're caught up or preoccupied with circumstances or grief or something new in our lives, kind of like 2020. We've been very preoccupied. So now you answer your first question. Where are you, Christmas? Well, um, according to the prophets, they were excited before anything even happened. They believed that it would happen, and they started spreading the word. Mary and Joseph, they went to a strange land, alone, having a baby by themselves. I can't imagine anything scarier. But a baby is a sign of new life beginning, the hope of greater things yet to come. Even the shepherds, minding their own business in the fields, scared out of their minds by angels appearing, is kind of exciting. Telling them to go and see for themselves this baby who will bring peace. And they believed the angels and knelt before the baby and left spreading the word, just like the prophets did so long ago. Even in the face of danger from King Herod, the Magi, the wisest priest, they followed the star that led them to the Christ child. They too knelt before the King of Kings and left the most precious gifts that could be found. They too believed in what they had seen and left overjoyed spreading the news. So even in a messy year like 2020, it feels like we've been in a strange land, sometimes alone, sometimes frightened waiting for an answer to appear when all we have to do is look right here. This is the story of hope, peace, and joy. Christmas has always been right here in this constant, inspiring, 
often unreasonable, troubled story of Jesus' birth. Joy, real joy. Even in a year like 2020, it has been and always will be enough.